0: Turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Hebrews. We're going to actually start there and we're going to get to Ephesians in just a moment. We're uh, just talking for a few weeks about near Christ, and today, of course, we're looking at uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, you're going to receive a couple of gifts as you depart uh, Hope Crossings today. One will be just a small, very plain-looking book. And it is a book that I'm asking you to use as a thanksgiving book or a thankfulness book or a grateful book. And what's something that I'm going to start doing is that each day, uh, kind of as I wind the day down, I'm going to look back and I'm just going to write in this book what I'm most grateful for. Maybe a conversation, maybe an event, maybe something that happened in that day that I say, you know what? That's the thing that I'm most thankful for, and I'm just going to write it down. And I think if we continue to write down the things that we're grateful for, what do you think that will do about the things that are a real pain in the neck? That'll make them kind of easier to go through because we realize, man, we're blessed, right? We're just blessed, and so that's going to be a gift to you. Just take it. You can. Uh, th- it's very plain. There's no. There's there's no uh, artwork on the cover. That's up to you. You get to doodle on the cover, say <laughs> thankful book or grateful book or draw a picture, whatever. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But uh, it'll be uh, your gift. Also, you're going to receive something else that will be a surprise to you. But I think somewhere at the point in time in this service today, while we're talking, you'll figure out what the other gift is going to be. We'll see. We'll see. All right, well, so let's go ahead and jump into uh, Hebrews chapter 5. And what we're going to look at its really God's call to us to grow. This is somewhat of a, um, an introduction to what we're really going to be focusing on in the first of 2022. And that is discipleship, growth, moving beyond wherever, whatever level of maturity that we're at. We're all at various levels of maturity in life and also in Christ. And so God always calls us to say, okay, let's take the next step. Let's keep going, let's keep moving forward, not only in our just simple maturity as, as, as people, but also as our maturity as followers of Christ. Don't we see that all through the gospels, how the disciples and Jesus were always, were always in this dance, I'm gonna call it, to where they were like, okay, we, we wanna grow, but we're not really sure what's happening here because we know you're sent from God and you're saying things that are kind of new to us, but we're trying to get it and we don't, we see them always trying to get it. And sometimes they didn't get it, but sometimes they did, but we have the advantage of looking back and reading their story, but we're in our story right now. This is our time to grow and mature. And so that's what we're going to really focus on today and really focus on uh, the first part of next year and really, really all of, of next year. Hebrews chapter number five, we're going to start a reading there at verse number 11. Hebrews five eleven. It says, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Well, that's kind of a bold statement, isn't it? He's saying, God, we got a lot more to say to you, but it's getting difficult because you've lost this desire to understand. I'm thankful that that's not an indictment of hope crossings. That can't be said of us. We're always striving to know more and grow and, and progress forward. So let's find out what he's really talking about. In verse 12, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Let's keep reading. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death, and to faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, and laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. Here the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, there's been a slowdown of your progress, but come on, let's kick it in gear, let's go for it. And I think that's something that we all need to remind ourselves that there are certain things in life that just want to arrest our development, but we've got to keep pressing in and draw closer and closer to Christ. Now let's turn to another verse and that's in Ephesians, uh, also one of the epistles there. Turn to Ephesians chapter number one, and we're gonna spend some time here on this. Ephesians chapter number one, And let's read verses 1 through 14. Ephesians 1, 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Man, we could stop right there for a while, couldn't we? That is fantastic. He says, he has blessed you. Can can we just make a a proclamation today that I am blessed? Can we just say that? Let's say it together. I am blessed. Let's say it again. I am blessed. That's what the word says. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus in accordance with His pleasure and will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given to us given to us in the one He loves. In Him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all the things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In Him you were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of our salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Let's pray again. Father, thank you for your word. We recognize, Father, that your word is eternal. It is true, it is to bring revelation of you to us. And it's also to bring revelation of man's own heart to himself so that we would realize our need for you. Lord, today may your word sink deep into our hearts like a seed that will one day produce fruit. And thank you, Lord, for the seeds of your word already planted that now are producing fruit. Help us to grow into further maturity in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A couple of things I want to talk about today and then uh, use an object lesson uh, that will help you know uh, a little extra gift that you're going to receive today. But uh, here the word uh, really is talking to us about being in Christ. Again and again, Paul's writing here to the Ephesians under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he's talking about in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. So if you as a follower of Jesus Christ are in Christ, then what is true of Christ, you are in. If Christ is true, you're in truth. If Christ is power, you're in power because you are in Christ. And so that's why he's talking about going on to maturity. Let's keep moving. Let's know who we are in Christ so that we don't become stagnated. Now we're going to use a, a word called theology, and we've heard that word before, but it's it's kind of a churchy word in many respects. And some people think, well, there are theologians, and there are non-theologians. And I would submit to you that that is not true. We are all theologians because we all have theology. Well, what is theology? It it comes from a a Latin word, uh, theologia, the study or understanding of God. I would submit to you that every one of you have an understanding of God. I have an understanding of God, you do. And we're probably very similar on almost everything, but there are some things we might differ on, pencil, ink, and blood, right? So we understand that. But our theology, our understanding of God needs to constantly be improving and coming closer to the real God, his real nature and character and attributes. But if we sit back and we stop, then we won't progress to full maturity. Uh, if you're married today, you know that it takes a lifetime to get to know that person. You thought you knew him, and then you married him, And then you were like, I didn't know you were that way. I mean, I haven't changed. I'm perfect, but I didn't know about you. But it takes a lifetime to get to know that person. And that person changes, and so do you. Thankfully, God doesn't change, right? but we're still trying to come up with the intricacies of who he is because we have this draw toward God. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes, God has put in the heart of man, eternity. God has put in the heart of man, this desire to know eternity and this desire to know the one who holds eternity. Well, I want to talk about some blessings today, and we're just going to look at three different blessings that Ephesians chapter one tells us about and uh, there's a lot more in there, but we're just going to highlight three. Number one is found there in verse number four. He says, he has chosen us. We are chosen by God. Aren't you thankful that we're chosen? God selected, God chose the word about two or three times in here references predestined. And so as soon as we talk about God choosing and predestined and all of those things, we can kind of get A little uncomfortable sometimes because we look at this and we say, well, if we're chosen and we're predestined, does that mean that we don't get to choose or we don't have a choice or it's all just kind of up to God? And and there's this divide that we can find ourselves in. Instead of being a divide, I think we should look at it as a mystery. Because if God chose us and we're predestined, does that mean that it's really just up to him? We didn't do anything about it and there's nothing we can do about it it's just all chosen or does it mean that our decisions still matter the choices that we make still have consequences and we see this as a not a divide but yet a mystery now some people will gravitate toward one side and they will proclaim themselves god chose it you had nothing to do with it it doesn't matter and all of that and others will say no it's just all up to us we are the ones that choose and we can choose and then unchoose and then choose again and then unchoose and then and like okay Instead of thinking it's a divide, it is a mystery. And there's truth and relevance on both sides of that God has chosen, and our choices do have consequences. And we do choose. God's sovereignty does not eliminate our ability to make choices. We find even in the Old Testament, what did Moses say? Most God instructed Moses, tell the people the blessings of God and then pronounce them the curses that will happen if you don't serve God. And when Moses gets done, he said, choose the blessings, choose, choose the blessings. That's going to help you out a lot. Remember what Joshua said? He said, listen, you need to choose today who you're going to serve, whether the gods of the Amorites and the Jebusites and the mosquito bites and all those other ites or God, he says, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So there's a choice there. So God, yes, has chosen, and yes, there's also a choice. Now, I've, I've got a couple of guys going to help me. Come on up here, Cameron and, and Brand. I've got, a, I've got a, something I want to show you today. It's, it's a secret. It's a secret. I decided to switch it. All right, I'm going to show you something, and here's what I want to do. As soon as you see, I'm going to take this tile away, as soon as you see it, I want you to look at it and within a second come up with one or two words to describe what you see. Deal? I might ask for participation, so be ready. And if you leave right now, we're going to know you don't want to participate. Not the time to go to the bathroom. And I'm asking these guys to help me. Okay? So you got like one second. Don't yell it out or anything. Just keep it to yourself, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But just in a second, just first one or two words of description that you got. You ready? This is so exciting. All right, here we go. All right, you got it? Okay. Now, I've asked these guys to help me because we're going to show that there's difference and there's mystery, but it falls together. Okay, so, Cameron, what do you see? A gray cylinder with a little bit of Okay, awesome. Brent, what do you see? a jar with some orange stuff in it. Okay. What do you see? That's for somebody to say, lunch. I see lunch. <laughs> so this guy sees kind of a gray, round. This guy sees glass kind of round and orange. They see two different things. And you see what they don't see. But it's all right here. Hey guys, thanks. Appreciate it. You did a great job. Give them a hand. All right. Now, I'm going to use this interchangeably, if you will, to talk about this, but also to talk about God. <laughs> I knew if you if you pull out candy, you lose it all. You just lose the whole group. You just lose it. So here we see that both sides are truthful, and yet it's, it's a complementary and not a division. If Cameron over here would have said, that's gray, because that's what it is, just to show you. That's round. That's metal. That's gray. And Brent, over here, that's glass, and it's orange. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, if you only look at it from one perspective, then that's all you get. But if you look at it from a different perspective, you get something different. Okay? God has called us to go beyond the elementary and to grow deeper, further, higher, however you want to describe it, but to draw closer to Him. It's not a matter of drawing closer simply to the knowledge of God, but drawing closer to God. That's vitally important. And so we can use this as an illustration of okay how how do we press in and how do we grow closer to God. If you look at this on the surface, it's what? From this perspective, what do you see on the surface? Glass, clear, I guess, you know. Some I mean something's holding this up, you know. And then, but if you look beyond the glass, what do you see? You see color. Y'all were talking a minute ago. Now you're like quiet like mice. You know, you're like, yeah, you see, it's not a trick question. So you, you look deeper beyond the glass and what do you see? You see color. And from that color, some of you made assumptions, didn't you? Because you're like, those are m Okay. But if all you would have seen was that, it would have been a much different story, right? You wouldn't be nearly as hungry as you are right now. So in God, if we're content to just look at the surface and go, "Hey, I'm saved, that's all I need. That's "I'm good." We're just, it's just the surface. But God says, "No, I want, you, I want you to press in." And to every follower of Christ, we have that drive and that desire, and you actually have to either minimize it yourself or allow the difficulties in life to minimize it. arrest the development in some way but God's called us to press in and go further. In, in John chapter one, verse 31, I found something kind of interesting, I think, that i sure, I know I've read it before, but it kind of jumped out at me this week and probably in light of what I'm talking about. John the Baptist is saying this about Jesus, John 1, I myself did not know him. <laughs> I read that and I went, what? I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might re- be revealed to Israel. Two verses later, and I myself did not know him. He says it again. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. You see, there are only... There's sometimes when we people only know Christ at a certain level. And John is saying, I didn't even know him. But because of what I saw happen to him, the dove, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, comes down and lights on him and stays on him. That, oh, he's the guy. He's the guy. I had this this word, but now I see it in reality. We will know the best that God has to offer us and enjoy all of his blessings. If we go beyond the glass, if we go beyond beyond the surface, just beyond the, hey, I'm saved. That's all I need. No, we need to go beyond that. And that's when we get to enjoy the multiple colors of God, the multiple facets of God, the beauty of God, the power of God, the majesty of God, the awe of God. When we go beyond the surface, that's when we get to enjoy more of him because we're going beyond the second thing we find there is found in verse number num- number nine, and it says we're enlightened. He says, he's made known to us. God wants to make things known to you that other people don't know. And that's why sometimes when somebody says, hey, God's made this revelation to me, and they're not weird, they're just saying, hey, God's shown this to me. And Other people look at him and they go like, not everybody's gonna understand that and get it, but God's called us to say, you're a people of revelation. You're the people that I reveal things to. Now, if we look at the, the Old Testament, as soon as Adam and Eve uh, sinned, God gave a word and he spoke it to the serpent, but it was a prophecy, if you will. It was a promise. It was an understanding of what is to come. He says, there's coming someone who's going to fix this mess. This was a situation, man. Adam and Eve were perfect. This was beautiful and they messed it up. But immediately God gives a prophecy, if you will, and there, there's going to come somebody that's going to fix this mess. Okay, and he says, basically, uh, Satan's going to kind of bruise his heel, but he's going to crush Satan's head. It was kind of that type of prophecy. And throughout the Old Testament, what do we find? The Old Testament is the story of Israel, the story of man, and there's uh, uh, actual events and there's also prophecies. There's prophets who are speaking on behalf of God. God reveals things to them and they would write it and they would speak it. And what do we find spattered throughout that Old Testament are these prophecies about the Messiah. These prophecies about that one that's going to fix this mess. And as John the Baptist said, he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we see just throughout the Old Testament, this little, little bit. It's as though in the Old Testament, they were looking through a glass that is frosted. Now, what if, and I don't have a half frosted glass jar. Lisa's probably freaking out because this, I think, is an antique and she's probably going, oh God, please don't (laughs) let him drop it. But if this part were frosted, and I were just to have revealed that to you, you would go, okay, it's glass, and there's some stuff in there. It's like colorful, maybe it's wood, maybe it's paper, maybe it's rocks painted, you wouldn't know. But then if I were to flip it around, and this glass was clear, then you go, dude, those are M&Ms, and I'm hungry. See, the Old Testament was kind of like frosted glass. It's like a spattering of these prophecies, It was like frosted glass. They were looking, they could kind of see, but aren't you thankful that we get to live in the New Testament where it's clear glass and we go, yeah, that Jesus, you know? And so, but there again, we've got to look beyond to say, okay, God, now, okay, I know more than what they did in the Old Testament, but Lord, there's still more to know. There's still more to know. You'll never know everything about God, but you can know more than you do today if you'll press into him. See, you'll never experience all that God has for you because God is infinite. He's so big. He's so powerful. He's just fantastic. And so we can never experience everything, but I want to experience more. How about you? I'm going to go beyond where I'm at to experience even more. This week I was um, asked a a question, and it was... um, we, we, we have a quick conversation with a couple of people, and it was kind of about the difficulties that kind of everybody's been through in the last year and a half, two years. And, and the question was asked to me, she said, uh, Chris, the people in your church, do you see this tremendously negative effect in their lives? Do you see it in your church? I thought, that's a, that's a good question. And I, I took a moment and I just thought about it. I was like, and I, you know, I'm scanning your faces and your lives, and I'm, I'm just scanning it, and I just, I came to a conclusion. I said, No. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not seeing families fall apart. I'm not seeing anybody do weird stuff. I, no. And I, and then I, then I asked myself the question, like, well, and this is a really elementary question, but I said, Why not? <laughs> Why are we not seeing? this church fall apart, the family, the lives. What, Why? And I thought, you know, when you have the word of God and you're fellowshipping with one another, that's powerful. That's more powerful than a pandemic. When you've got God's word, God's spirit inside of you, and you're fellowshipping with other believers and you're saying, man, we're in this together. Whatever we're in, we're in it together. That's powerful. That's powerful. Now, we're beginning to see a lot of the residual effect of this 18 months of just tremendous stress. We're seeing the, the effects surface now in the community and, and I think in the country and probably in the world. We're seeing that happening. So I'm not, nobody's putting on poly, you know, we're not, we're not doing rose-colored glasses here. We look at reality. But as I look at this church, I'm seeing health. You know why? Because we're not just focused on the glass. We're pressing in. Can I say to the good stuff? God's got some good stuff for us, amen? He's got some good stuff. So I, I told her, I said no, and I, had, I, I didn't say it apologetically, but I wanted to say it kind of humbly. I didn't want to say, no, we're great. Yeah, you know, that's that would be ridiculous. But I just wanted to say, no, we're not, we're not seeing that. And I said, but we're seeing it other places and stuff. But it's true. So hats off to you guys. God told us there would be trouble. He promised that. But he said basically. I got it. I got it. Don't, don't lose heart. I've got it. Yeah. You're going to have trouble. Things are going to happen, but I got this. And if you're in me and I'm in you, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. What is it that causes us to want to go forward? What are some of those residual effects? What happens when we press in to God and really get to know Him and all of His intricacies, all of His greenness and yellowness and brownness and orangeness? We go all of these things that are about God. What happens? I think there are three things that, that come to fruition, that come to real insight into our lives that affect who we are on a daily basis, affect our families and affect our church. And I, I was really debating about really bringing this up. And just this morning in our time of prayer here, before the church service, it really just surfaced that, yeah, there was some words of confirmation uh, coming from different people in what we were saying. And one is the healing. I think when we look at how we press into God, we begin to have a better understanding of healing. Now, uh, the Bible says that if you're sick, you can call for the elders and there's anointing with oil and laying on of hands. And it's not just the elders. The word says, if you're a follower of Christ, you can lay hands on the sick and you can see them recover. So it's not, if you have a piece of paper on your wall saying you're ordained, we're all ordained. We're we're all ministers, we're all anointed. And so you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But healing is not just about physical, it's also about emotional, it's about relational. It's about your perspective and who you are and the things that have happened in your life that you're like, as a kid maybe, or as a teenager, you didn't even understand them. It's like, what, what, what just happened? Making an imprint on your life that is negative. And God says, I can heal you from that. You don't have to continue to live that way. I can bring healing to your life. And so one of these things of really pressing into God is that we experience healing and we're also able to minister healing to other people. Let's say the, the second thing that we really learn is the gifts of the Spirit. What I I, I mean by that, I'm focused on that terminology, gifts of the Spirit, but I want to broaden that out to really just say how the Holy Spirit moves in our lives to bring healing and maturity, but also how He moves through our lives to minister to others. Mm -hmm. Because God's called you to minister to other people, and you are. This church is filled with ministers. In fact, everyone who's a follower of Christ is a minister, and you're ministering. God gives us that, that understanding that it is really God's Spirit working through us to minister to other people. And we may not even understand everything that He's doing in that person's life, but we trust that God is, is giving us gifts to minister to them, and then He ministers His grace and mercy and love. So the gifts of the Spirit is something that we, when we press into God, we go, well. I, well, the gifts of the Spirit aren't always done right. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. You know, there's this prophecy and there's encouragement and there's giving and there's teaching and there's tongues and interpretation and prophecy. All this. Thing. You say, but they're not always done the right way. You're right. You're right. And Lisa and I have been married 38 years and, and I started a ministry right before we got married. And I can just share with you. She's heard me preach a few good sermons. There's a lot of them. But she didn't give up on me. She's been my number one cheerleader. You you keep going. That was a good sermon. (laughs) We don't do anything right all the time. We get it wrong sometimes. But if love is in our heart and we're progressing in love and we're, we're doing things out of love, it's okay. God's going like, I see it, I see it. When your three-year-old brings you a drawing of you, okay, enough said, right? Because you're like, hey, great giraffe. No, mom, that's you. You know, it's like, oh, sorry. But it's the love, it's the effort, it's here we go. You're not expecting it to be perfect. So I'm, I'm just saying we can't expect anything to be perfect. We can expect God to be perfect and that's it. But when it comes to you and me, uh, that's where love overrides imperfections, right? Because we're pressing into God. We're not pressing into the gifts and we're pressing into God. That's what we're learning more about. And the last thing would be confidence in difficult times. When we really press into God, we we have a better understanding of healing. We have a better understanding of ministry and the gifts of the Spirit. But we have a better understanding of being confident during difficult times. Like what we've just been through. And at some point in time, we're going to go through something else. But when we press into God and we've got such a... I was going to say we have a hold on God. God's got a hold on us. But when we press into Him and know Him and understand Him, then it's like when difficulties come along, we're like, "Yeah, okay, it's difficult. This really stinks." And okay, but God's great, God's amazing, God's going to help me through this. God's given me everything I need for life and godliness. God's blessed me, and so I can just press on in. We're we're going to be fine. We're going to be okay. That's been the attitude of Hope Crossings. What's so beautiful and amazing is that as soon as we, you know, we had the the six week break or eight week break or whatever it was last year. And then we started meeting back together again. We used wisdom, we used discernment, but you guys were so eager. It's like, let's go. God is awesome and great. We're going to use wisdom and discernment and understanding. We're going to be smart, but we're going to follow God and pursue him. And look what God's doing at Hope Crossings. Look what God's doing in our community through you and how you're ministering. Because we understand difficult times come, they also go, God remains forever so we press into him because of that let's let's conclude this with with the third thing and that is that we are sealed aren't you thankful we're sealed verse number 13 says he sealed you with the holy spirit now um, it was uh earlier this year that lisa made peach preserves that was a that was a process (laughs) Yeah, the peaches, you got to peel them, cut them, and you got to cook them, and you got to add stuff, and the temperature, and the, iron, the jars are ready. The jars have to be sterilized, and the lids. That was a process. But what we found out is that if you don't seal it, all your work is ruined. And we didn't find out the hard way. Hallelujah. We just discovered that through talking to other people who've done this before us. And so Lisa took great care to do everything just right. She put those peach preserves in there. I had the job of taking the little and wiping the lid of the jar so there's no peach preserves on the, lid, on the top of that rim. The most important job. <laughs> then you got to put that lid on there and you got to seal it. Because if you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. You could be eating fermented peaches. (laughs) You show up here with fermented peaches on your breath, we're going to have a talk. (laughs) God says, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to seal you. I want you to know you are sealed. God's got this. You are in the palm of his hand. Nobody can snatch you out. Now, as we are in the palm of his hand, we just press into who he is and say, God, I want to learn more. I want to grow more. Lord, thank you for sealing me. Thank you, God, that I am chosen. Thank you, Lord, I'm empowered. Lord, you're revealing things to me. You're sh- constantly showing me things. And, Lord, I am sealed. I don't have to worry about what this life holds because nothing that happens is apart from God's knowledge and His allowance because I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us uh, who the Holy Spirit is real quickly, and then we're just going to have a time of praise. These guy's going to come up, and I'm just going to sing just for, for a moment but the Holy Spirit is, in Joel chapter 2, he, the prophecy says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It's not just reserved for the prophet, the priest, and the king. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Ephesians 1, a little earlier, says he is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In Romans 8, the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you. That's powerful. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. And John 14, he is the spirit of truth. In John 4, the Bible tells us that Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I don't know about you, I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life in, in a greater capacity, a greater level, a greater amount of my own submission to His power. And I think that's what we all want. So we're pressing in. We're pressing in to who God is. We're going beyond the elementary. We're going beyond just simply saying, give me some more milk, give me some more milk. But we're saying, no, I want some solid food. Let's press in, let's go forward. 2022, we're gonna press into the M&Ms, all right? We're gonna press into God. And our lives are gonna be revolutionized and changed. And and we're gonna be unshakable because God is unshakable. Amen? We're thankful today because in Christ, we are eternally blessed. These are the blessings that we get right now. Amen?